0: Today, we are going to talk about change, why it's the most difficult but easy thing you will ever do, and how not to have it be so cumbersome. You see, facilitating change should be quick and easy, right? You know you have things you want to get better at in life. Potentially, it's tighten up your diet a little bit. Maybe it's be a better partner to your husband or wife potentially to produce more income, but you have something inevitably that, as I'm saying this to you right now, that you know with complete certainty you would like to change. And you probably even know, if you're honest with yourself, just for a moment, just right now with me, you know there's a way to get better at those things. You know it. You don't even need to go find the plan. You already know what it would take to pull it off. But from that standpoint, have you ever considered, just for a moment, why you might not actually be able to be consistent with pulling it off. You see, there's actual science and psychology behind the hows and whys of executing real change in your life. Lucky for you, I'm going to actually share them with you right here today on the show. You're going to want to listen all the way to the end because there's some fascinating statistics in the last minute or two of the show that will completely blow your mind as to how important change really is. From that standpoint, I have to cover the basis for change. And that basis is, there's really dozens of different factors that play into your pliability for adaptation. To adapt to a new circumstance would be to inherently change, and it's not a linear path. Right, It's not 1 plus 1 equals 2. There's a lot of variables that go into this. And to begin with, the most important, most basic, and most impactful requirement for change is that you must actually process the structure to facilitate change. Essentially, what that means, in very base-level terms, is you have to have the brain and organic structure to be able to support reorganization. Now, I've got some great news for you. Since you're listening to this show, right now, there's a very, high probability that you do in fact possess the required mental hardware to facilitate change so from a biological standpoint you are incredibly capable of change but by the nature of me bring that to your awareness you're gonna finally have to start to drop I just quote-unquote can't do that whatever the that is because I can assure you with complete certainty you can make a change But it's going to take more than just having a brain to make change. I mean, obviously, right? That's what we're discussing today. The next requirement for true change ends up being a cultural background that allows change to actually happen. Now, your culture, which is really what brought you up in the world, your family, your friends, the tribe, the social circle that you would have lived within, do not have to necessarily support the change you want to go through but they should certainly not oppose it. You see, you might say you want to go join the military, and your parents might not want that for you. But you went and did it anyways, and they weren't so opposed to it that they disowned you. That's okay. But think, in the not-so-distant past, right? if we take a time machine back about 40 years, there would have been different problems that existed. I mean, it's uncomfortable to talk about, but these are just the facts of life. I mean, think about the racial bigotry, all the social inequality. These were all parts of the culture back 40 years ago. But that culture was passed down from the bias that had existed inside of most family units, right? The racism epidemic was passed down from generation to generation until there was an awakening that started to call us equal. Now, this is not to get into the schematics of if there's true true equality right now, this is simply to bring the awareness to you just for a moment as we're discussing change, that the story isn't what it was 40 years ago. You're in a better position right now to make meaningful, impactful, and lifelong change than you have ever been before this moment. See, if we go back to previous episodes of this show, Optimize Life, and you go back to the very first one, we actually discussed in-depth spiral dynamics and the nine levels of consciousness that we can arise to. This ends up playing a key role in the way that we communicate with others and ourselves. And if you go back to that place, you'll understand what the green level of consciousness is. It's the sixth level of ascension, right? It's the last level of tier one conscientiousness. And roughly 40 million American citizens have transcended up that evolutionary ladder and have arrived at the green level of consciousness. There's a lot more to the conscientious constructs that exist inside our Spiral Dynamics. I'll encourage you to go back and listen to episode number one if you haven't yet dove into that content. But we don't have to get too heady with that right now. Just understand that there's nine different levels that currently exist. And there's a big jump from level six to level seven. Big, big jump. Level six is the last level of tier one consciousness. And level seven is the first tier of tier two consciousness. And in order to truly make that cataclysmic jump from first tier to second tier, there has to be a release of energy, right? No different than your car to drive. It creates, you know, there needs to be combustion minus electric cars. That combustion then creates a chemical reaction. That chemical reaction allows energy to be released. That release allows there to be movement. The same thing happens when you walk or when you talk or maybe when you're driving your car right now. Everything that we do in in life requires a certain amount of energetic expenditure, right? By the nature of that we're all in motion, then there's always energy all around us. But let's take a look at something just for a second. Let's look at the baby boomer conversation, the baby boomer generation. My parents were baby boomers. They actually currently comprise the largest majority of the 40 million people that are in the green level of consciousness, right? That level six. But that same group still holds on to and has a certain fixation on egocentric ideologies. So then how do you transcend that, right? How do you transcend up through that in order to make actual change in your life? Well, how do we break... A better way to say that, how do we really break down the energy that's locked in the mind to the green level to transcend into the next level as a, as a group to make meaningful and impactful changes. And this doesn't only have to be green, right? This isn't only level six, no matter where you would classify yourself to be, it doesn't really much matter. It's going to require release of energy to move through life. No different than it requires a release of energy to make a change in your life that's meaningful and impactful. So, without going super deep down into the psychological and philosophical rabbit hole of release of energy, it's literally as simple at this moment of just recognizing the downfalls and the dangers of thinking exactly how you're thinking now forever and remain aware of them. This plays into the whole concept of nothing changes if nothing changes. See, it's great that you have a brain on your shoulders, and it's great that your tribe supported you, or at least didn't push back on you. But unless you're ready to actually make a change, which we're about to get into, nothing is inherently going to change, right? It doesn't just change by osmosis, and you hoping it does. You see, there's simply not enough. There also has to be some sort of technological innovation that you can buy into that would help you bridge the gap from where you're at to where you want to arrive to. Think about this, right? The The most important thing or most impactful thing that has happened during my lifetime has been the cell phone and then the progression of the cellular phone, right? I started out with that Motorola StarTAC. It was a gray phone with bright neon green display, right? You'd flip it open, you'd pull up the the antenna, and you'd hold it to your ear. And I remember just how cool I thought that was that I didn't have to be connected to a wall to make a phone call. But then no sooner do I get that phone and do I progress through at that point high school than at some point not too far after the iPhone comes out, right, which has more computing power than my laptop had, the very first one, the Acer, that I used to own. Incredibly impactful. Right, That the iPhone and then the internet and technology as a whole that has pushed us forward has actually created global communications that have made change possible in a way that it's never been before. So not only do you have a brain in your head, not only do you have a tribe that hasn't held you back, but you also have the technological innovations where you can access information incredibly rapidly. These are all beautiful, beautiful structures for change. But these structures for change also create a certain amount of pressure on you, don't they? I mean, there's always that pressure to do more, to achieve more, to grow more, to expand. And because you have access to more and more information and connection to other people, the comparative measures in our head always go off that we should be doing more than we are, that someone has out-hustled us, someone has put more grind in than we have, someone's more successful than we are. So you can't really let technology, a tribe, and the brain in your head confuse you into assuming that change is 100% guaranteed. I mean, obviously it's not, right? We started this show today with you talking in your brain to yourself about something that you want to change at one point or another. So the question still remains, why? Why haven't you been able to change it? And I promise we're about to get to the answer. See, the internet and the connected nature that we live in helps facilitate change, of course, right? It makes it more readily available to you and I, but it certainly does not ensure it. To ensure it, we must finally begin to look internal. We have to look within ourselves. And there's a couple of resources I want to share with you to begin to look internally at a greater depth. The first resource is incredibly impactful. It's the humanpotentialinstitute.com. So the Human Potential Institute is one of the foremost thought leaders in personal development and coaching. Not only are they a thought leader, but they're also ICF accredited. So for those of you that are listening that want to transcend and ascend into a higher level of consciousness that is backed up. With accreditation that can be brought into any business anywhere and held like a badge of honor, the Human Potential Institute is a place to go. There are links in the show notes attached to this episode. And those show notes can be found on the OptimizeLifeShow.com. OptimizeLifeShow.com is where we are putting all the content and all the resources from this show. Not only a full transcription of the words that came out of my mouth, but also the value-added PDF that helps you actually implement what I shared today. In addition to that, there's links and connection points that all lead you to the place where I want to connect with you most. That's a private Facebook community that is completely complimentary. That is the Optimize Life group inside of Facebook. I figure the best way to add true value and impact into your life is to create a tribe and a community that is completely complementary, that allows me to correspond back and forth. What better place to network with a like-minded group of individuals, or connect with people that are also seeking the next level of enlightenment? And the best way to do all of this, of course, is to subscribe to this show, Optimize Life Show with Ryan Idell, Drop me a comment and a written review five-star review inside of iTunes. Without that, this show doesn't grow, new people don't hear the message, and the tribe doesn't build. Really would love for you to join this movement and join the momentum of truly optimizing the various areas of your life. And in accordance to optimization of your life, we have to really begin to dive into the conversation of internal factors that will help you really facilitate change. They're multifold, right? There's four of them to be exact. So think about this. I want to recap one more time. You have a brain on your shoulders, right? brain in your head that's required to create change. You have a tribe that wasn't anti the change, right? They're not aggressively going against you. They might not love what you want to do, but they're not fighting it. Then you have technology to help support it, to help you have quicker access to things. That actually is a market driver to get you to do more. Once those external factors are dialed in, and I know the brain is not external, but for this conversation, we'll call it so, then we have to begin to look internal. And the first level of internal change is determined by your fulfillment. Essentially, in order to change, you have to be fulfilled at your current level and status of life. Now, fulfilled doesn't really mean it has to be excellent. It doesn't mean it has to be perfect. It doesn't mean it has to be any other adjective that could possibly be used in life. It simply means that a base level of requirements in your existence have been met. A better way to articulate this for me might be to ask you if you've had your fill of a certain situation in life. From this place, if you've had your fill, if you're, you're really fed up to here with it, from that place, change is much closer to happening. You see, once you've had your fill of any certain situation or any area of life, you begin to experience the second stage of internal reflection required for change. That second stage is referred to as dissonance. This would be the place where inevitably you feel torn, where the old you is still present, the one that experienced the thing that you want to change. But the new you is now in view. You have an idea of how you're going to change. You have an idea of the plan, and you feel torn and tattered between the two sides. A new you is beginning to emerge, but you're not exactly sure how to catch up. This always happens those times in your life where you felt pulled in a multitude of different directions. That's the dissonance phase. That's where you're at. At this phase, with that level of dissonance, there should be a profound dissatisfaction with the current situation that begins to cultivate the proper situation for meaningful and impactful lifelong change. But this is also where change becomes scary, right? Which is one of the reasons why you probably haven't changed yet. It's difficult. In order to change, you must be willing to let go of or to die or to kill part of who you are in the present situation. This will create new insights, of course, of what may be, what should be, or what could be, but those things are terrifying. They're especially terrifying if at some point in the journey of life up until this moment you have done something, you have taken a risk, you have taken a chance and not received the desired outcome. If you haven't received the desired outcome, the amygdala, the part of the brain that stores trauma and fear and chaos, is wired in such a way to keep you safe, which is beautiful. We actually need it. But what happens is anytime we begin to try to elicit change, there's that red flag that goes off in the amygdala that says, no, 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 hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Don't do that. Don't go that way. And so what is actually required is a rewiring of the strength of the amygdala by engaging the prefrontal cortex of your brain. That's really the habit and pattern-based part. That's the part that's going to be required to move you through the fear and through the chaos. And this is admittedly, in my opinion, where a good coaching protocol or specialist protocol comes in. You see, this stage of the part of change... Requires introspection that is derived from conversation, ultimately backed up with mediate, mediate meditation. And then you have to simply live in the moment of the decision with a support structure around to create the environment to allow you to execute it. So think about this you've got the brain, you've got the tribe, you've got the technology. You've had your fill with what's going on. It's created a dissonance that pushes you backwards. And then what? Then you're scared to death to make the change because change could lead to heartache and failure and misery and judgment and shame and guilt. And so there's no change. And so change requires at some point an external checkpoint, it's not external validation. It's finding someone you know, like, trust, and believe that you think has been through a comparable situation that can help you navigate the tumultuous waters you're about to traverse. These things are required for you. And certainly, you might not need a coach. right? You might not need a specialist. You might not need a mentor. That's perfectly fine. Not everyone does. But you will need something more to progress you through this point, right? Just because your brain functions properly, I know it does, you're listening here. Just because you have a tribe that doesn't fight you on your growth, which you probably don't if you're listening. Just because you have the technology to support the change, which you obviously have by listening to my words. You also have the internal wherewithal to be fulfilled, dissonant, and insightful. Then there's a great opportunity for you to walk through into that fourth step which is the opening. The opening is a place where a new idea, structure, or life can actually exist. This is where true transformation can be present. Right? But it takes that that rewiring of the amygdala. It takes the prefrontal cortex to be engaged. It takes healthy habits, patterns, and belief systems. It takes the nudge from someone you know, like, trust, and respect to hold you accountable to it. And that doesn't mean that you're a failure. It simply means you're human. It simply means that our brain has been wired to keep us safe, and change feels unsafe. So, of course, again, if you don't want the coaching rod, if you don't want the specialist or mentor, or you just want to play the game of life alone, that's fine. There's still other options. This is not a way to push you into coaching. See, the the next best option is create a vision for yourself that is truly meaningful and a practice that will help you anchor the vision to your daily actions. That's one of the most powerful ways to help you create a meaningful and lasting change in the neural pathways that exist in your brain that you are not able to consistently overcome as it pertains to creating new change in your life. After all, new knowledge comes when you simply bear in mind what you need to know. As funny as that sounds, if you keep holding the problem in your mind, it will eventually yield with the vision and with an anchor to something greater. We've actually attached that in the show notes on OptimizeLife.com, right? There's a goal-setting worksheet that's attached to this that will truly revolutionize the way that you look at strategic planning and anchoring those visions to something greater. It's all complimentary. Don't know anything for it other than you to implement what it is that you learn because if you... Don't implement it, then you're not going to actually do it. And if you don't do it, then why would you even listen to me? You see, but there's another part of this equation that is a prerequisite, but it makes the decision more difficult. See, in order to actually move through and create long lasting and impactful change, you're going to have to have requisite will, passion, an insane obsession, that will let you hold the problem that you want to overcome tightly enough and fiercely enough that you will have to make a change. I know that sounds a little obscure, so I'm going to say it one more time to you. In order to make that change, in order to overcome whatever it is you want to come, let's say it's weight for you right now. Let's say you really want to change the way your body feels. You want to change the way it looks. You want to change all this stuff. You have to be able to visualize and hold in your body, in your mind, Where you're actually at. You have to hold it and be real with yourself and be honest with yourself about how that became. What habits, what sleep patterns, what things have you done over your life? What are you drinking? All the variables. You got to hold it. You got to realize that somehow that situation was created. And the beautiful part is once you realize that you created that situation, then you can begin to create a new situation if you are able to take obsessive control over it. And this level of obsessive control really leads nicely into a, an ideology referred to as all quadrants and all levels. And see, this this construct is an acceptance that we've evolved through problems and situations in the nine-tier hierarchy right, of human evolution across four quadrants. Those four quadrants are As follows, the top left-hand corner ends up being the quadrant that's based around ourselves and our consciousness. The top right-hand corner ends up being the brain and the ultimate organism that we walk around in. The bottom left-hand corner is culture and worldview. And the bottom right-hand corner is social systems and environments. You see, no matter where you're at in life, when you can be honest with yourself, when you can be honest with yourself about the changes that you want to make, you can really hold that thing inside your, inside your hands and, and own it. What you're able to do is begin to map out on this all-quadrant, all-level construct where you're at so you know how to elicit change in the quickest and most efficient way possible. That all-quadrant, all-level will also be included on the PDF that's associated with the show at optimizelifeshow.com. But you see, simply looking at the map, plotting the, plotting the data points and seeing where you're at will not inherently bring about change, right? It's just a map. The map maker itself must be changed, which is you. You have to be the change that you want to see in the world. It solely falls upon your shoulders. So the change that you're seeking, that you're afraid to overcome, that the amygdala is keeping you safe from, that requires your prefrontal cortex to get engaged, that change... That change itself has to be elicited by you and you alone. And so when you change that, there's, there's ways, right? You have to start and to begin to and consistently alter your mind. Begin to alter your body. Begin to alter your spirit and soul while combining that, all four of those, as you're navigating the waters of yourself of your culture, and then nature. You see, it's my belief that we've actually gotten a lot of this wrong. And it's what comes into some of my coaching protocols, right? Life is not this linear equation. It's a multivariant equation that has different data points that all need to be calculated to see how to make the most meaningful and impactful change in someone's life. You see, none of this is just hypotheticals. When you back up decisions with data, inflection points come about much more rapidly. And with better inflection points comes better decisions. And with better decisions come better action. And then with better action comes more change. And so all these levels and all these tiers across the four quadrants, and even as you're going through in your in your mind, right, the brain and the tribe and the technology and the four different ways you talk to yourself and what those all mean, You actually can't skip any of the levels. It just doesn't work. I mean, think of all the times in your life where you've tried to skip over something and it just simply didn't work. I'm guilty of that. There's been plenty of times in my life where I've tried to take the shortcut and it just doesn't map itself out the right way. You see, no level of ascension, no problem can be solved by bypassing one of the steps, and not only can you not bypass them; they actually need to be progressed to the fullest capacity in order to elicit change again in the future through those steps. So let's take the body for a second, right? I, when I grew up, I felt very slender. I was skinny, but then I turned into what I would refer to as a skinny fat kid, right? I had a little little stomach and you know no muscle on my body. It's like, man, I don't like the way I feel. I don't like my energy. I don't like the way I look. I'm insecure. All this feels very bad. And so as I entered into college, I began to take massive, massive interest in how to alter my body. Diet, exercise, anabolics, right? It was all part of the protocol for me. And I had to go through that season of my life that admittedly lasted far longer than I needed to. Nine or ten years to truly be able to master what those things are. So right now as I transcend through that level and now as I'm into more functional health and longevity of life, I can always revert back to that time period and pull the knowledge from that. Where if I just skip through it and tried to speed through it and get to the finish line, I wouldn't have access to that data the same way. And so when I'm considering mapping out my meals now, To make sure I have enough fuel for my body, I can go back to what used to work and apply it to what I'm trying to do now. So you have to fall in love with the process. This process of change that we all fight, right, that we're afraid to death of, the only way to conquer the fear is to live in it. You have to greet it. You have to go there with it. And as you worry about the challenges and the changes you want to make in your life, I have to leave you with a bit of data that will completely shift the challenges that you feel that you have. So I'm going to shrink down the global population, right? The world population, let's shrink it down to only 100 people. And out of those 100 people, we're going to map out how many of each culture and belief would be on the planet as we speak. If there's 100 people on planet Earth right now, 57 would be of Asian descent. More than half would be from Asia. 57. Now, the next, oddly enough, is not us North Americans, it's Europeans. 21 of the remaining 43 global inhabitants would be based off European descent. The next most popular is the 14 of us that would be from North and South America. That's not even the United States for us self-important, very idolized individuals here in the U.S. That's Canada, that's the U.S., that's Mexico and all of South America. There'd only be 14 of us. Eight of us would be from Africa. Eight would be from Africa. Now, looking at that entire structure there, it covers just about everybody. Now, there'd be 30 people with light skin, right? 30 people that are white, which then also means there would be 70 people that are non-white. So as you walk around with your beliefs and your, your structure and what you perceive to be the way the world works, there's only 30% of us that are truly white. 70% are non-white. The most impactful statistic that I found is that six people out of the hundred would end up possessing 59% of the world's wealth and they would all be here in the U.S. Every one of them would live here. They'd all be from here. That's how much wealth is generated in the United States. Now the things that aren't so pleasant as we talk about the changes that you want to make are the 80 of the 100 that would live in substandard housing. 80% live in substandard housing and 70, 70% would be unable to read. 50% would suffer from malnutrition. Only one would have a college education. And only one would have a computer. Think about all those just for a moment. You have something in your life that you want to change. I know you do. And you have the head on your shoulders. You have the tribe to support you. If you don't join Optimize Life Group, there's a whole tribe of six or 700 people there that will certainly support you in your growth. You have the technology to pull it off. You have the amount of fulfillment at your current level. You have the dissonance. You have someone or a series of things that would help coach you through the sticky part. And you have the openness to walk through the door and begin to embody what you actually want to achieve. And only you know at which one of those tiers or or levels you become stuck. That's a real question for you to answer. But as you answer that question, think about the breakdown of the globe as a whole. By the nature of the fact that you get to sit here and listen to a podcast, consume information completely complimentary, use it to make an impactful change in your life, you are ahead of literally 80% of the world right now. From that standpoint, I believe it is truly your duty in life to actually step up to the plate and make the change that you want, not only for you, but for the tribe around you, for society, for culture. You have the tools where so many people don't. And it's from that point that I'm Ryan Nidell, and I truly would like to wish you unlimited success.